Well, we're continuing a little series that we uh, began last week on the privileges of being a child of God. And we come to this extraordinary passage in Matthew 6, one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. When I was a, a kid at school many years ago, I remember learning this by heart in the authorized version. And I've always remembered it ever since. It's a wonderful passage. And it has something very, very important to say to us. And I guess as a key verse, I'd use verse 25 at the beginning, where Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Do not worry. Do not be anxious. I wonder if Jesus ever said anything that was more relevant for our society today. Because it is obvious to anyone that we live in a highly anxious society. More days are lost at work through stress. More people are receiving therapy. More tranquilizers and antidepressants are used than ever before. After aspirin, Valium is the most prescribed drug today. We worry about everything. We worry about our children, our parents, our health, our jobs, our finances, our futures, our weights, our diets, on forever. In one sense, we've never lived in a world where we've had so much. Uh, I was in a school assembly this last week and I asked the children what they'd been given for Christmas. It's amazing what they got. iPads, computers, Xboxes, Nintendos, mobile phones, and so on. See, we have far more than our ancestors could ever have dreamt of. And yet at the same time, we have never lived in a world which is so anxious. We are world experts at worrying. We lie asleep at night worrying about things. We expend huge amounts of energy worrying, even though we know it won't do us any good. As Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? None of us can, though we can probably take some hours off. In any case, as somebody once said, 95% of the things we worry about never happen anyway. How on earth he arrived at that statistic, I don't know. But it's certainly true, isn't it? We worry about things that never happen anyway. Well, here in these wonderful verses from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, don't be anxious, don't worry. And it's such an important message. In fact, he says it four times. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Verse 27, which of you by being anxious can add one cubit to his life? Verse 31, therefore do not be anxious. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious. Don't worry about tomorrow. See, he's not just saying pull yourself together. It's not a sort of Monty Python, always look on the bright side of life. It is something far, far deeper than that. What Jesus is talking about is the whole basis upon which we build our lives. So we have to see what Jesus says here in the context of the previous passage. Where Jesus says, verse 19, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. But instead, verse 20, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Then verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. See, Jesus is basically asking the disciples a question. He's saying this, what matters to you more than anything else in life? What do you fear losing more than anything else? Is it God or is it material things? Mammon, money. Because he says you cannot serve both. In the end, one or the other will be the most important thing. If it's money, materialism that matters more to you than anything else, then you will never be satisfied. Because you will never be secure. You can lose it all. You can waste it all. You can spend your life worrying about wanting more. And of course, in the end, you take none of it with you. But if you, all you have is God, then you don't need to worry about these things. Because in the end, you'll be safe. You'll be utterly secure. And in that context, Jesus speaks these words at the end of chapter 6. 
He says there is much more to life than food and clothes. See, everything in the world around us tells us that what we have is what is most important, particularly our food, our clothes. You see, you go into any town centre or mall, you look at all the magazines there. They're all about what to eat and what to wear and where to buy it. The adverts on television are all about the body, how to feed it, clothe it, preserve it, beautify it, warm it, cool it, relax it, entertain it, and so on. Now, of course we need to eat, of course we need clothes, but it's not all there is. And we shouldn't get frantic with worry about these things. As J.C. Ryle once put it, prudent provision for the future is right. Wearing, corroding, self-tormenting anxiety is wrong. And that's what Jesus is saying. As Christian people, we should not be beset by that sort of anxiety. And to make the point, Jesus takes us on a natural history lesson. He says, first of all, verse 26, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He says, birds don't spend their life worrying about food. It's not that they don't work. Yes, they do hope work. They work hard, but they're not stressed out. You don't see stressed birds. They don't spend time making pension plans, counting their money, being bothered about making a little nest egg. Why? Because God looks after them. Now, God is their creator, but he is our heavenly father. And if God always remembers to feed the birds and clothe them, will he not also look after us, says Jesus? In some ways, you see, we are insulting our heavenly father by worrying. This is how Martin Luther put it. You see, God is making the birds our schoolmasters and teachers. It is a great and abiding disgrace to us that in the gospel a helpless sparrow should become a theologian and a preacher to the wisest of men. Whenever you listen to a nightingale, therefore, you are listening to an excellent preacher. It is as if he were saying, I prefer to be in the Lord's kitchen. He has made heaven and earth, and he himself is the cook and the host. Every day he feeds and nourishes innumerable little birds out of his hand. Or maybe you know this uh, old piece of doggerel. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings fret about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. You see, that's not quite true though, is it? You see, God is not father of the birds in the way that he is of us, his people. But he still looks after them. And that's the point. You see, if God does it for the birds, the little tiny sparrows sell two for a penny. If he will look after them, will he not look after you? He is your father. He loves you. He cares for you. He will look after you. You can trust him. He says, look at the birds. And then, then he says, look at the flowers. See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon was the richest man in all the world. He was lauded and fated by everyone. I've no doubt he wore the best clothes by the best designers, costing the most money. He had all the designer clothes you could ever want. And yet his elegance and his beauty was as nothing compared to the simple beauty of the flowers of the field. And so Jesus says, look, if God looks after the flowers of the field, which last just a day, they're here today, they're gone tomorrow, will he not look after you? He is your father. He loves you. He cares for you. He will look after you. You can trust him. Look at the birds, look at the flowers. And then he says, look at the pagans, verse 32. Look at the unbelievers. 
He says the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So he says, look, the world runs after all these things, food and fashion and fitness and all this sort of stuff. Now, that's where the world so often finds its identity. But Christians should be different. It's not that these things don't matter. Of course they matter. We need them, absolutely. But if we spend our lives worrying about them, then the world will think we're no different than they are. And in a sense, they'll be right. In effect, we will be saying that our Father cannot be trusted. Don Carson is a great uh, Canadian preacher said, I have yet to meet a perennial worrying uptight person who has a strong prayer life. There may be one, but I've not met them. And you know why? Because as we pray, we trust these things into our Father's hand. See, so stop for a minute and think how many wrong actions and attitudes stem from anxiety. Anxiety, worry about finances, gives rise to coveting and greed and hoarding and stealing. Anxiety about succeeding at some task can make us irritable, abrupt, surly. If we worry about our relationships, we can become withdrawn, indifferent, uncaring about other people. Anxiety about how someone will respond to us can make us cover over the truth and lie about things because we're worried they'll see us as we really are. So if we could deal with our anxiety, so many sins could be overcome. Now the verse that makes the, verse that makes the root of this anxiety really explicit is verse 30. Look at that. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown to the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? In other words, Jesus says the root of anxiety, of much of our anxiety, is lack of faith in our Heavenly Father. Much anxiety comes from little faith. It's not that we should never worry or fear. We do. It's inevitable. But when we do, we must learn to take it to our Heavenly Father because we know that He knows all our needs. He knows far more about us than we know ourselves. And He cares for us. See, the Bible doesn't assume that true believers will have no anxieties. It knows that we will. But it tells us how to fight them when they strike. So what does this say to us, to those of us who are dealing with feelings of anxiety right now? And I suspect most of us are. If we're honest, I suspect most of us are worried or anxious about something. What does this say? Well, it says that worry is normal. The issue is how we deal with it. And we deal with it by taking it to our Father, by meditating on His Word and asking for the help of His Spirit. You see, anxiety tells us that God can't be trusted, that things will turn out badly. That's what we worry about, isn't it? That things will not be all right in the end. And we're basically saying that our Father can't be trusted. God's Word tells us that God is a loving Heavenly Father who can be trusted in every situation. So we battle the unbelief of anxiety with the promises of God, with what God says. So when I'm anxious about some new thing that I'm involved in, I just need to hold on to the promise that God says, Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. We just take it to the Word of God. Well, I'm anxious about being too weak for the task I've been set. Again, I battle unbelief with the promise of Christ. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. When I worry about decisions I have to make about the future, 
then I take those worries to God and I remember his word. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. When I worry about being sick, then I battle unbelief with God's promise that tribulation works patience, patience of provenness, provenness hope. Hope does not make us ashamed. In other words, all that we go through makes us the people that God wants us to be. When I worry about getting old, then I remember the promise, even to your old age, I am he, and I will carry you. I have made you, and I will bear you. I will carry and save you. When we worry about dying, I guess we all do sometimes, don't we? Then we take that, the promise of Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So don't worry. When I'm anxious that I'll make a shipwreck of my faith, I'll fall away from God. Then I remember another word from Philippians. He who began a good work in you will complete it on the day of Christ. He will finish his work in us. See, all our worries find expression in some of the promises that you'll find in God's Word. And so if you are really battling with something at the moment, go to God's Word and see if you can find something there that will sustain you and encourage you. Because so much of our anxiety boils down to this. We somehow don't believe that our Father really cares for us, that He loves us, that He will look after us. But He is our Father. And this is what the Bible teaches us. So wherever we're anxious, we have to learn to take those worries, those cares, to him. To see them in the light of his word. And to learn to trust that word rather than our feelings. See, I don't know what we're worried about at the moment. It'll be all, all manner of things. But why don't we take those worries to him? He is our loving, heavenly father. He knows all our needs. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Let's seek him. Let's seek his word. Let's bathe ourselves in his promises. It's not as though the worries will disappear, but I think we'll see them in a better light. Do you remember that lovely old chorus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Why don't I just pray for us and then we'll continue with our service. Let's pray.